0: See how this goes today. Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you doing this beautiful, beautiful day?
1: Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a, a to lane music from the Joel and Woody. Come along for the ride, Jim Hinkley's America, Jim Hinkley's America.
0: And I can't get enough of those music from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Good morning, Keith, Maggie, everybody who's joining us this morning. I'm going to have a little bit of a local adventure. Local, <clears throat> excuse me. Local for me, anyway. Uh, I uh, have been uh, out cutting a little bit of weeds and brush and. As a result, I, uh, <coughs> a little bit of a frog in the throat. Uh, but this is going to be kind of a local. Let me give you a quick rundown here. For example, an article published by the Las Vegas Review Journal in 2010 detailed a discovery that confirmed a local urban legend was in fact true. Quote, that bodies are buried under a high school football field in an adjacent parking lot is more than folklore. Many long-term residents have known that part of the Kingman Unified School District campus was built over the top of the partially relocated Pioneer Cemetery, the primary burial ground from 1900 to 1970, 1917 for the city of Kingman, Arizona, which is about 100 miles southeast of Las Vegas. I, I started... Uh, working on this uh, narrated historic district walking tour for Kingman Main Street. And uh, I had a fair to midland knowledge about Kingman area history, but I was very, very surprised by some of the things I discovered. And that's what I'm going to share with you today, a few of the things that I've uncovered in uh, this journey through time, if you will. It's uh, Earlier, I was reminded that uh, some of the bodies are still there. Human bones and suspected coffin fragments were unearthed Wednesday. This is from the same article that was published in Las Vegas. Uh, Construction crews dug a trench in an effort to install a new sewer to serve the campus and portions of the downtown area. 15 to 20 bodies were found in a four-foot stretch of the trench near the football field where games have been played for decades. The disturbed remains were no longer confined to wood caskets that apparently deteriorated in the dust long ago, according to Oz Enderby, director of construction for the school district. The Mojave County Medical Examiner was called to recover the remains, and work was stopped as required by law. The coroner, school district representatives, and county officials huddled Thursday to determine what should be done with the 100 feet of trench left to dig across the former cemetery end of quote. This was not the first time gruesome discoveries have been made on school grounds. During construction of the high school in 1959, human remains were unearthed. These were placed in containers beneath a monument built next to the student parking lot. Then in 1972, during expansion of the Kingman High School, more bones were unearthed. The football field is the site of Pioneer Cemetery, Kingman's third cemetery. It was used from 1900 through 1917. Now, after the opening of Mountain View Cemetery, which is on Stockton Hill Road in 1917, that was the site of Kingman's first airport. Most bodies were relocated from the old cemetery, but there was a fee. So, bodies not claimed by family and friends, or if you didn't want to pay the fee, or bodies that were in unmarked graves They simply left them behind in the Pioneer Cemetery and that cemetery was officially abandoned in 1944. It's kind of interesting. The number of people that were left at the cemetery is unknown. Records were not kept for all burials or they were inaccurate. Compounding problems associated with identifying graves were the pre 1909 birth certificates that seldom noted a burial location or that had misspelled names. And there were also graves used for multiple unidentified bodies over a period of time. Kind of a mass pauper's grave, I guess. On May 8, 1915, a published uh, article detailed a gruesome discovery near Burns Ranch in the Blue Ridge Range. Quote, They found the remains in a deep canyon, and while the bones were somewhat scattered, they were nearly all recovered. Nearly all the equipment of a prospector was found, but the blankets and canvas had rotted. An axe handle and rotted tool bag had the initials WHF. It is believed that the remains are those of WH Bill Fitch that disappeared from Burns Ranch in August 1905. If so, he would have been about age 73 at his death. The remains will be brought to Kingman and buried in the pauper's graves at the cemetery. This is where it gets interesting. See, I, did, I knew about a little bit about the Pioneer Cemetery, but I did not know that the first Kingman Cemetery was located at Fifth and Spring Streets. Indications are that this site was used briefly before a more formal cemetery was established along what is now Keir Street on the south side of the railroad tracks. This would be south of uh, what was then South Front Street and uh, later the National Old Trails Road. This was all new to me. Work on Mountain View Cemetery commenced in early 1916. A legal notice published in Arizona Republican dated May 29, 1915, noted that a claim had been filed with the Department of the Interior, the United States Land Office, for property to be used as a cemetery. In 1948, the seventh and eighth grade classes were moved to the new Kingman Junior High School near the high school on First Street, and this was adjacent to the cemetery. And of course, the complex has evolved over the years, and as a result, the historic abandoned cemetery was simply buried, and that gave rise to the urban legend. Now, part of the legend, however, has not been verified. According to some sources, when the junior high school was being constructed on the cemetery land, headstones that could not be read clearly were to simply bulldozed into a nearby wash or were used as fill during construction. That's kind of interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, The uh, walking tour is uh, developed by Kingman Main Street. I'm really proud of this. It's uh, metal plaques that use QR codes. And they uh, link to a website. And so it's a virtual tour as well as a uh, self-guided narrated historic district tour. Let me share a little bit of this with you. Mr. D's, Route 66 Diner, uh, world famous. Everybody knows the garishly painted little little place. It uh, It uh, is a caricature, if you will, of the Route 66 Diner. Well, it's got an interesting history, let me tell you. With certification of US-466 that had its Easter terminus at Route 66 in Kingman near 1st Street, 1935, Construction worked to realign Route 66 west along Front Street, now Andy Devine Avenue in 1937, to connect with 466. Business shifted from the historic commercial district that centered on 4th Street. Everything kind of moved west. In June 1937, it was announced that Roy Walker was building a modern auto court at the course corner of 1st and Beale Streets. I have yet to find out details about this motel. I'm working on it. But in 1939, Oscar Osterman, the local Shell oil dealer, distributed, uh, purchased the adjoining property, and he built a service station and a cafe. Osterman had used the name Kimo for a station he had opened on Beale Street in the early 1930s. The KI was for Kingman. M.O. was for Mojave County. He simply used the name for his new station. Osterman and his brothers, John, Albert, Albin, and Ivor, were Swedish immigrants, that saw America as the land of endless opportunity, I have to share the Osterman story sometime. Absolutely amazing. Aside from the Shell Oil Enterprise, the Osterman brothers were involved with an array of businesses, including building and managing a service station in Peach Springs, Arizona, the Dodge and Plymouth franchise in Kingman, Arizona, and a motel along Route 66 in Newberry Springs, California. An advertisement in the Kingman Minor, dated January 1940, reads, Kingman Cafe No. 2, formerly located at 224 Beale Street, has moved into the new cafe building of the Kimo Shell Service. Same excellent food and service in a new and beautiful location. A few years after opening, it was named the Kimo Cafe, and Oscar Osterman's wife, Clara, took over management. Clara was a cook of local renown. She had been the manager at the Casa Linda Cafe on Route 66 in Kingman, and she was a former Harvey girl. Now, generations of Kingman residents have fond memories of the Kimo Cafe. It's located just a few blocks from the high school. It was a popular lunch stop, an after-school hangout, and for many, many young men, the service station was a first job. The flow-along traffic along Route 66 provided an endless supply of customers. In the mid-1950s, E.J. Charlie McCarthy leased the service station and garage. In addition to managing the chemo service station, McCarthy had established a Texaco station along Route 66, which is Canada Mart today. In 1959, he opened McCarthy Motors, which was a Studebaker dealership, and he sold International Harvester trucks. Then in 1967, he acquired the Ford dealership that's now T-Engineering, and that's world famous for the Bob Waldmire mural. In 1991, Scott and Roy Dunton, owners of Dunton Motors next door, they purchased the cafe and station. In an interview, Scott Dunton said, At the old chemo, the only part that was a restaurant was the narrow section when you walked in the front door. The kitchen was in the back. Everything from there to the east was gas station and garage. We did a full remodel and enclosed the pump island. We gave, They basically gave it its the appearance that most Route 66 enthusiasts know today. And we changed the name to Mr. D's Route 66 Diner. The D in the name is a reference to Roy Dunton. And the idea was to create a 50-style diner. And a lot of my mom's recipes ended up on the menu. End of quote. In 2006, Oprah Winfrey and Gail King put the diner and its signature root beer in the national spotlight during a segment of Oprah and Gayle's Big Adventure. They stopped in for lunch and so enjoyed the root beer that they, several cages were purchased for the studio audience on a future program. Scott Dutton said, quote, The idea for the root beer came from my family's trip to the World's Fair in 1962. I was 12, and every day I walked all the way across the fair to get X root beer, and I always remember how it tasted like it was filled with cream. My dad said it was the Rutherford family's root beer, a tradition in Spokane. So when we bought the chemo and decided to build the diner, I remembered the taste of that root beer, and I tracked down the Rutherfords. It, as it turned out, they had sold the business and the formula to A&W. Then I talked to the franchise department, but decided that being linked with A&W would limit our plans, so I looked for other options and found mutual flavors. In our initial conversation with the company, I asked if they could make a creamy flavored root beer. They kept sending samples and my family, and I kept tasting it, but it wasn't right. Then I suggested adding caramel, and Mr. D's old-fashioned creamy caramel root beer was created. It's rather fitting that the Dunton family were uh, have the uh, cafe. They were pioneers in the Route 66 Renaissance, and they've been providing service to travelers along that highway corridor since it was signed as the National Old Trails Road. Ian r Dunton had begun managing a garage and service station in Gold Road, a ghost town about 20 miles west of Kingman, in about 1925. That was the year he built Cool Springs on the east side of St. Greece Pass. On June 13, 1946, the Kingman Miner published a picture of a new dealership at the west end of Front Street between the Chemo Shell and Cafe on First Street, and noted that the new building built by A.L. Owen now houses the N.R. Dunton Motor Company, one of Kingman's finest new business houses. It has a modern display room for cars, an automotive parts section, an up-to-date maintenance department, Roy Dunton, with Herb Bidoff, Kingman's first mayor, purchased that dealership in 1950. Today, it's Dunton Motors' dream machine, managed by Roy's son, Scott. In the late late 1990s, Mr. D's Route 66 Diner was leased to Armando and Michelle Jimenez, Las Vegas restaurant owners. And today, the colorful old diner with its signature sign and world-famous root beer, it is a landmark. And it's a destination for literally legions of Route 66 enthusiasts. So what do you think? A little bit more? You got it. You know, this old tour is, uh, it's just, it's just really, uh, it's it's just, it's just been pretty amazing to uh, delve into this, this history. And it's been quite an opportunity for me and some of the, even some of the nondescript places, places that uh, yeah, people just drive through. You know, it, it's hard for me to think of uh, 1960s as historic properties. Shows you how time gets away from you and you start thinking about age. Uh, but there's a place you're coming down El Trovador Hill into Kingman on Route 66 called the Ramblin' Rose Motel. You know, this is another one that's got a real interesting history. Originally, this was a motel in the Travelodge chain. Early postcards read, Kingman Travelodge in Mojave County, Sportsman's Paradise. It opened in 1958 as a 32-room complex. Five years later, four additional rooms were added. The motel retains its original appearance, including trademark railings with a TL designation. Kind of makes it a roadside rarity. It's estimated that less than 5% of pre-1960 Travelodge motels with original design elements remain. Travelodge was a pioneering motel chain in the United States. Scott King, a contractor by trade, filed as a California corporation in 1939 with its headquarters in El Cajon. The first travel lodge opened in San Diego the following year. We've got another really, really rare property here that uh, it's currently in the hands of pro- private owners, and it's in pretty rough shape, but I'm hoping something will happen because it is rare. It's the old White Rock Court along Route 66. As with Route 66 and the automobiles that traveled that highway, the motel evolved to the passing of time. In the era of the National Old Trails Road in the infancy of Route 66, railroad hotels remained a popular option. Free public campgrounds and primitive cabin camps were also popular lodging choices. In spite of the Great Depression, by the mid-1930s, many travelers wanted more modern amenities, such as hot and cold water in the room and radios. This was the era of the auto court. These were motels with garages between the rooms. In the post-war years, as traffic on Route 66 grew exponentially and cars became larger, the garages were viewed as wasted space and so motel owners often transformed them into additional rooms or used them to enlarge existing rooms. Then in the 1950s, chains such as Holiday Inn, Ramada, Travelodge, Highway House, they increasingly made it difficult for the mom-and-pop motel to compete. So with a decline in profits, maintenance was deferred, the property was abandoned, and the motel complex was converted into low-rent apartments or demolished. The World Monuments Fund recently listed Route 66 motels as some of, America's most endangered historic places from the mid-20th century. The rarest of surviving motels are the pre-war auto courts, that were listed in the Negro Motorist Green Book. Guess what? The White Rock Court is one of those tarnished gems. It is a pre-war auto court, and it's the only motel in Kingman that was listed in the Negro Motorist Green Book. There was at least one other motel, Hood's Auto Court, that would provide lodging to African-American travelers. But for reasons unknown, it was not listed in the Green Book. The White Rock Court with owner's home was built of locally quarried stone by Conrad Minka in 1935. Uh, Purportedly, he was a former Russian hard rock miner. That would explain his innovative approach to besting the competition. On the hill below the sleeping Dutchman rock formation behind the motel, he dug an air shaft and then a tunnel connecting it to the utility corridors carved from the rock under the complex. At the bottom of the shaft, he installed a tank that he kept filled with water. Sheets of burlap hung in the water acted as a wick, and then fans pulled the cool air into the rooms. As a result, while other motels suffered a lower occupancy rate in the months of summer, due to heat, the White Rock Court was almost always full. This and the provision of service to African Americans fueled rumors. Decades later, there were legends that Minka had run a still under the parking lot and engaged in voyeuristic activities. The White Rock Court was listed in a guidebook to Highway 66 published in 1946 by Jack Rittenhouse. And the 1952 edition of the American Motel Association Guide, with its logo of Sleep Right, Eat Right, Travel Right, provided a detailed summary of the motel. It said, quote, on Highway 66, east end of Main Street, 15 modern cottages, conveniently located, short distance to fishing and hunting, 70 miles to Boulder Dam. Our motto is always Curtis, Mr. and Mrs. Conrad Minka proprietors. The motel remained operational into the late 1970s. Hmm. Well, those are just a couple. I could go on and on for hours and uh, share some of the stories about the things that I discovered and putting together for this walking tour. And uh, so needless to say, I'm really excited about this. And of course, Kingman's history with association with Route 66. uh, The City of Kingman Tourism has put together Kingman Route 66 Fest scheduled for October 14th and 15th. This will be the second annual event. It takes place in Lewis-Kingman Park, a former roadside rest stop along the Highway Route 66. Uh, the promotion for the event says it will feature live bands, a beer garden serving regional craft beers, food and craft vendors, motorcycle show, classic cars, pinup up contests, fun activity zones, Kingman's first and only zip line, well, sounds pretty interesting. Take a look. Uh, for more information, explorekingman.com. That's also, I believe, the weekend for Chillin' on Beal, downtown Kingman. Should be a great time. Unfortunately, I won't be in town on that weekend. I'll be on the road. Uh, I am uh, going to be visiting my good friends in the city of Tucumcari. I am uh, helping them develop some tourism initiatives, and Tucumcari is A favorite stop of mine. Did you know that Tucumcari, New Mexico has one of the top-rated paleontology classes and museums in the Southwest? That's just one of the odd things and interesting things that make Tucumcari more than a stop on the way to. Well, you know, uh, it's almost time to wrap this up and uh, bid you adios. I want to remind you that it uh, should be up tomorrow. We are working with Stan Husted, uh, a uh, fellow with about 40 years' experience with uh, radio and podcast development and production. And we are creating a second podcast called Card Talk from the Main Street of America. Today's program, Coffee with Jim, fe- features uh, focuses heavily on travel. Telling people where to go, it's what I do. Uh, The second podcast, Car Talk from the Main Street of America, is about automotive history, the evolution of the American auto industry, some of the inspirational people behind it, and there's a travel element as I get into great museums and attractions to see. You're going to really like this week's program, uh, a profile, a city, Jackson, Michigan, that uh, for a while was a contender for Detroit's crown of Motor City. think you're going to like that a lot. Uh, I hope you can join us next week for another fun-filled program. And uh, I'm glad you could join me this morning. I hope you found it interesting and hope you enjoyed it. And hope you can join us again next week. And don't forget, this and all our podcasts are archived on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, most major podcast platforms. Uh, this program is interactive and live, and then we archive it. Uh, Car Talk from the Main Street of America is actually a recorded program. If you or anyone you know would like to join us as a, as a co host speaker uh, on this program or Car Talk, well, drop me a note. Meanwhile, yeah. <clears throat> My issues with Facebook are ongoing, so I'm not sure how long I'll be there. But you can always find us and find information about our programs. You can find Road Trip Inspiration. You can find uh, Tall Tales, a little bit of history, and just about everything else on our website at JimHinkley'sAmerica.com. Well, my friends, do we have any questions or anything I can answer for you this beautiful morning? If not, well, then I will bid you adios. And we'll send it out with a little bit of music from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Check out their music at roadcrew66.com. And until we meet again, my friends,
1: via con Dios, and adios.
0: care my friends